0: Welcome back to the much delayed and now utterly brilliant Jim Burns Day podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice to be here. You know, it's a it's a big day. Mm. Well, actually, when you're listening to it, it'll be the day after the big day. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. So,
1: although it does explain some things as to a like you know why it's taken us ages to do a second podcast, why uh, we haven't done any fucking videos yet. Yeah,
2: um, pretty much. But
1: uh, yeah, so we've launched uh, we've launched our, our actual. Business mm-hmm. which is, as we said on Twitter uh, before, Jim Burns Davis is our side project, a passion project, if you will. Yeah, um, but our actual uh, business is a, a production company uh, and it's a special gun productions. Sorry, what was that, Jim? Special gun, wow, special gun, all one word. Uh, yeah. So, specialgunproductions.com. If you want to know anything about you sound it. like an
0: American
1: pitch man now. Uh, That's special gun, special gun, special gun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, special gun. Uh, is uh, well, yeah, a video production company, and uh, if you want some videos done, just give us a call. But
0: no weddings, no weddings. We're not. We're uh,
2: not into. <laughs> we are into... available for bar mitzvahs and funerals, though. Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, funerals definitely. They're a barrel of last, mate. Do well, you know what, mate? If the price is right, I'll do a
1: fucking wedding. <laughs> no worries. Uh, um, but yeah, so that I hope that explains. Uh, why we it looks like we've been sitting doing fuck all but
0: <laughs> we, trust, we trust me we haven't
1: it's um, been uh long days but uh you know we're, we're very so, excited yeah, and you,
2: you'll be the first to know as soon as we've got any kind of short films going yeah, or any yeah. kind of little projects like that um yeah.
1: but as we say like you know the all the, the youtube stuff we want to do uh you know the film focused youtube channel stuff about history all that stuff is still in the pipeline we're still doing it mm. um, it's just you know it's it's it, it, it unfortunately can't be our focus yeah. But uh, it is one of our focuses.
0: There will still be stuff. And I think uh, like we wanted to have the um, the production company. I think we would have wanted it to have been revealed like closer. But mm. then best laid plans and all of that. Suddenly you're into stuff where something gets in the way. Mm-hmm. You need to do something before something else can happen. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, we've not just been sitting around. But these things take a little bit of time to get right. And hopefully yeah. uh, we have at the moment. So, yeah, I think with the, the production company as well yeah i think you'll stuff that you kind of you know like stuff that you may know us for but also dave's here now so like film stuff and hopefully Mm. all that's coming down down the pike so Mm. enough about that yeah and uh let's move right questions Mm -hmm. now these questions i like these questions these are some good ones Mm -hmm. and we're going to kick off with the best one that's
1: good should we (laughs) like a little note about the the format of the podcast i don't think we made it quite Clear in the first one, talking like, a lot of shit. Well, just the just the I like you know we we field questions as many podcasts do, um, but but the, the whole thing is directed by you basically. That this is what this boils down to. So we uh, we we essentially base the theme on what we've been asked and and just see what flows. So yep. that's that's what we're doing. Yep. So. Question. So question what's the dynamite first question you've been asked well, there, the dynamite Jim. first question was uh, do you condition first or or, or uh, afterwards can't actually remember who asked it now no but, lots know. of
0: time but I'm sure they'll remind us so this is this, it's a great question because it really underlines who you can and cannot trust mm. anyone who shampoos last mm-hmm. uh, I'm not talking about a double shampoo I'm talking about a straight conditioner then shampoo
2: mm-hmm.
0: they need I to just go. cut them
2: of your life I yeah think.
0: exactly yeah. it's like you know it's like godfather two style. it's not yeah, how you <laughs> do things you're off uh, on a little fishing trip yeah yeah suddenly oh the sun can't come but sorry I'm a bodyguard who's also my enforcer will go out with you yeah. I know we've been having a few problems but I'm sure there's nothing wrong can come of this Oh, look, it's, there's a big storm. Oh, no. So that's what you need to do. Jim, you've actually got some really good insight into... Um...
1: Well, I mean, I, I used to be a man who had very long hair. Um, so I, I it used to be down, like, way past my shoulders, uh, down to my elbow at one point. I was really hoping you were uh, going to say
2: you were a shampoo model. Yeah. I said, oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it, the, the the mantra was wash, rinse, repeat. And you always repeat. Because, like, the first shampoo, just <laughs> it just kind of... It doesn't really get everything out. The first shampoo it's is the just first a, nuke, isn't it? Yeah, you got to follow it's, up. It's the it's the kind of it's the, the first primer. Nuke. It's you the never, primer. You never go one nuke, mate. Go <laughs> two. Yeah, yeah, let yeah. them know you mean fucking yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, you have to make sure you vaporize the fillings in the <laughs> yeah. teeth. Um, so, like, yeah, the first shampoo just gets the kind of the outer grime. The second shampoo is like a deep clean, and then you condition. And then you, when you condition, you then do the rest of your showering, so the condition has time to sit there and and really moisturize the hair and you know condition it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's how you should you should wash your hair, and if it's particularly dirty, do three shampoos then a condition. Like you know, th- there's no there's no object.
2: So the lesson of this week is ask better questions, otherwise you get lectured shit. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a no, good that one. was
1: a very good question. Um, so uh, and I even do it now that
0: I don't have long hair because it's just best practice. Frankly, <laughs> best practice is the amount of fucking non best practice in this entire setup, Jim. You're lecturing <laughs> us on best practice of fucking hair washing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. all right.
1: Yeah. Well, you can fucking lecture people on buying watches or whatever the Tory shit you've been up to if you <laughs> Buying a watch isn't Tory. Like, it fucking is, man. What
0: are you talking it's about? Not a casino, is yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen.
1: Look, li- listen, the last watch I ever bought was probably in the nineties, and I think it was like in probably in like Ingleston market in Edinburgh and it was fifteen quid and it had a calculator on it. Yeah, that's,
2: that's not free the kind
1: one of in the of those, yeah, like, Some of
0: those are uh... I designed classics, but away from being accused design of being classy. <laughs> get (laughs) back right you you can fuck off the Charles Wormington podcast fucking twat right so this is a really good question I think it's one of my favourites so far Uh, I mean in general not just in terms of this because obviously it's the best question it
2: doesn't have much to beat so far
0: what are your favourite movie remakes and why and that's from at Drew Fox 81 so this one is interesting because a lot of people consider remakes to be stuff that's that are in fact just adaptations Mm -hmm. so there is and the the most famous I think or one of the most famous remakes all time is the 82 version of The Thing mm-hmm. which is also kind of maybe straddles that line because there's a literary base mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a Thing from Another World and then there's The Thing mm. but it, I think everyone just considers it to be a remake rather than an adaptation because it it's so and convention it's of what like, you yeah.
2: consider to be mm-hmm. remakes because it's it's Better than what came yes. before
0: it. Oh, it's, it's weird. It's it? insanely good. And one of those films that's so good that when it came out, everyone fucking hated it. And that's <laughs> yeah, when you know you've made a really good Yeah, movie. like Blade
1: Runner, right? Everyone hated Blade Runner. Yeah, I like it, yeah. Right? Oh,
0: this is a load of shit. got shit
1: reviews, and now it's just like the timeless classic. Yeah, some uh, of the
0: Terminator reviews as well. Yeah, yeah. And Taxi Driver, as we know from the Outlaw director's mm-hmm. commentary, where Nick Love says that got fucking hunted when it was fucking <laughs> Everyone's like, um, I'm not sure Outlaw is in the quite the same bracket <laughs> <Yeah>. as. Uh, <laughs>
1: that yeah. got fucking cunted when it came
2: out. <laughs> I mean is yeah, that Danny, Dyer, Danny Dyer and yeah. Nick Love uh, yeah. on their outlaw, I, mean. I a Danny Dyer film called Pimp and that got uh, cunted when it came out so maybe that's just waiting to become really listed yeah, yeah. as
1: a cult classic yeah, yeah. I mean EastEnders is getting cunted yeah. all the time now, <laughs> isn't it so I mean oh, I'm just trying to earn a pen now remember, yeah. remember when he had a feud with Mark and <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. I will yeah. say one thing about Nick Love and that uh, director's commentary it is amazing it's, mm. it's up there with the best of all time because <laughs> it seems to quote C- uh, Commode in his book uh, Jit Joby talks about it that they are in a state of advanced refreshment which is my favourite <laughs> for <laughs> being yeah. fucking smashed yeah. Yeah. and um, he gives an impassioned defence of the movie mm. uh, which is, is his movie fair enough and mm-hmm. some of it is actually quite funny yeah. he talks about all oh, film critics have been knocked back from fucking Vertigo or whatever they're about 3,000 years old or whatever he says yeah yeah, yeah, some of that. There's a little bit of truth, I think, in somewhere. But anyway, right? Fucking forget about it. I don't know why we're here. But the thing is, is a classic. Is a film where I think that, into as you said, David, it's remake credentials. Uh, it just it went in a completely different direction. Kept the same nucleus of the idea. They're they're out. Mm-hmm. Some shit goes bad. Uh, in the Antarctica thing, and then then you just take it from there, but I think uh, another
2: one that sits alongside that in terms of being better than the original and certainly more, more famous is uh, scarface
1: yeah scarface is one of those ones that not many people realize it's a remake isn't it yeah. i mean it, it's, I think because it was so um, of its time as well um, it was kind of the height of that. Um, you know, white, white kind of suits and, and firing Miami about Miami, beach. spending all the fucking cocaine money. I mean, that's 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 very of its time. So mm. it's uh, so it, it it it's it's difficult to conceive of that being a remake of something. So
2: yeah, it's um,
0: well, one of the ones that you uh, you brought up in our discussion about this, Dave. Was um, uh, assault on uh, we'll get back to coffee in a second, but assault on Precinct thirteen being an update basically of Rio Bravo yes. and from taking that that central idea and and transporting it somewhere else there's uh you know and this is where the, I think saying something is a hard or definite remake of something is sometimes mm. it's difficult to pin down because where do you start with Star Wars and Hidden, Fall, uh, Hidden Fortress and the rest mm. of that sort of influences well, of course every movie is influenced by by other things but Scarface I think mm. I I once talked to someone who is, a, who is a very intelligent man uh which made him the only one of the two and um he was like, "No, I don't like Scarface because it's too '80s," and I was like, "Of all the fucking movies to get worried, it's an Oliver Stone. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you seen Weird Science? You can. <sighs> it's just uh, Brian De Palma directed yeah. it. Oliver Stone wrote it. It was made in 1983 yeah. or came out in '83. Like, yeah, yeah. it stars Al Pacino just as he's crossing into the, you know, shouty Al Pacino. Like, yeah, yeah. what? Of course, it's yeah. most '80s movie that's ever been made. <laughs> and you just think, yeah. and but I like that. It's dated but it as a snapshot into uh, just supreme decadence uh, of, of that uh, mm-hmm. decade. A personal
2: favourite of mine is Birdcage, which is a, a lesser known film, um, Robin Williams comedy, absolutely brilliant, based on a French film, as um, as is Twelve Monkeys, based on jet That's, a, I, I guess, a reimagining rather than a... Yeah, than I, I think...
0: Um, so Chris Marker, I think, directed uh, Leggette, and... 12 Monkeys obviously kind of takes it and makes it a bit more palatable for the studios mm. as in it does have moving pictures in <laughs> yes. it. whereas the original was just a well I say just a but a series of um, uh, of stills which uh, which run for so long that your brain starts to make the moves stitch them together
2: well that, I mean that's what movie making is isn't yeah
0: it? but in this it's, it's, you get like, you get a third or two thirds of the way yeah. through, and mm-hmm. your brain starts to be tricked into because it's so used to seeing images run together, mm-hmm. and then when you just see stills for so long, that it starts to you know pin all that together. Uh, I was think- wondered what would ha- what happened when
1: like the producer received the fucking brief for twelve monkeys on their desk. If it was like twelve monkeys, can we all just <laughs> can we all just get the one? <laughs> Yeah. Can we not just get one monkey
0: and 11 hats? What, um, what the, this is why you're not a Hollywood producer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I can't yeah. wait. Uh, you're doing Mate, some good if, pitching if, for our production company. <laughs> Mate, if I was a Hollywood
1: producer, I wouldn't have made fucking 12 monkeys, and most wow. of them didn't. Oh, so yeah. I really
2: like 12 yeah. monkeys. Oh, no,
1: it's great, but it's just the most unbankable film of all time.
0: Well, it starred Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. Well, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it's well, not...
1: Brad Pitt, fair enough, but before he was Brad Pitt. No, that, no, he's no, big. He, he, no, wasn't he wasn't fucking Brad Pitt, Brad
2: Pitt. Are you he mean, just, he, he hasn't been Detective David Mills yet in Seven, which is obviously... No, he was uh, no he was. He was, he was somewhere
1: between Thelma and Louise Brad Pitt and Seven Brad Pitt, so he wasn't Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. I think you're wrong there. He was just a it, Brad Pitt. Just <laughs> one of the many I think Brad you're <laughs> quite wrong. One of
2: the 12. And Bruce Willis
1: hasn't been bankable since fucking
0: 1989. That's absolutely not true at all. Do you... Like... All right, 1999. Listen, uh, fuck off. He's, what was it? Unbreakable? Who's in that one, right? That was his last uh, actual not, I think thing, if we go by the numbers, he's probably done all right. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. The, an obvious one when we're talking about uh, remakes is Heat, yeah. which is a, like almost a direct remake. It's a remake of that GTA Four level, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a remake, straight remake of that and GTA 5's <laughs> Michael campaign stitched together. A uh, remake of LA Takedown. Which Michael Mann directed, which I think was going to be the pilot of a TV show, which became like a TV movie. And one of the great things about LA Takedown is, is it's so similar. It's you know there are the scenes where Al Pacino and uh, Robert De Niro's characters are sitting in that coffee shop, but they're not played by Al Pacino or Robert De Niro, and they are sitting all across a tiny table with like a te- like a checkered tablecloth on it. Whereas in uh, Heat, they're at the end they're sitting by this massive chrome monstrosity, and it's all been yeah, shot yeah. reverse like. Everyone's trying to... A, a, a
1: diner needs to look like it was built by an American, so... Yeah. Uh, like, just, just no concern whatsoever for, yeah. like, space. Yeah. Just, like... But those <laughs> like make some their one. cars don't even turn properly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they don't and have to. What I love about America is, and this, you know, and some of their old muscle cars from the 70s, is that mm. the cars are really bad at turning, mm. but it's on a grid system. <laughs> so, so it's yeah. just making it so difficult yeah, for yeah. anything to work. Mm. Thanks, yeah, America. Yeah. But with heat... Uh, mm. uh, what I love about it is it is one of those where the director had that original idea. Had the vision and then went, mm. Right, actually we're gonna do it just bigger and better. And I think a lot of people talk about unnecessary remakes and mm. remakes that are I just I mean
2: there are lots and lots of unnecessary yeah. remakes but so these these are ones that But these are the ones the, that take
0: the, it and just go right, we're gonna we're gonna just spin in the different direction.
2: I don't get mm. why you try to tell the same story in exactly the same mm. way. It's like, Well that film exists already.
0: Yeah, money though, anyway Yeah, it? yeah.
2: So Jim,
1: you've got I mean, uh, I mean there are sort of there there are uh, necessary remakes or or justifiable remakes. Like, you know, when people watch the raid and think this would be better in Mega City One. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so Starring uh, starring a much Starring
1: fucking Bones McCoy. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird as that, because so, you know, you you stretch the definition of remake to talk about like another adaptation of the same thing, you know, like you know, you could talk about War of the Worlds or whatever. Like, you could talk about you know, uh, people compared the Stallone Dread movie to the uh, to the Carl Urban Dread movie a lot when it came out. And it seemed to be and it, and it seemed to be a very very strange comparison because it's like it's from a complete it's going back to the same it's drawing from the same source material mm-hmm. from the same well but it's it's a completely different era completely because di- oh, exactly, right. between the Stallone movie and the Carl Urban movie you had the entire superhero movie revolution which mm-hmm. went through all the motions from like Brian Singer's X-Men to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and then the Marvel Universe exploding mm-hmm. so like the, the entire and even
0: Blade just off so 95 exactly. for Dread yeah. and- Absolutely, yeah. I
1: mean, like the entire kind of bankability, the entire landscape for superhero movies. Well, it became that you know superhero movies would have been like, oh, they're making a movie out of that comic. That's okay. Well, mm-hmm. um, it, well whereas now, when a movie isn't based on a fucking comic, it's a massive surprise. Yeah. So, like, I, I you know the, 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 those films occurred in completely different worlds, serving completely different audiences, mm-hmm. and yet they were. Co- compared directly I think it's
2: natural to, co- to compare them if they're starting the same yeah. but it certainly does not class as a remake in any, in any no, they, like you wouldn't say James Cameron's Titanic was a remake of the previous Titanic just because it absolutely with the would. same Absolutely, well, the one with
1: Catherine
0: Zia Jones <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: absolutely James Cameron's Titanic is just a fucking remake of Aliens but the
0: but the nuke that's going to go off or the <laughs> processing plant <laughs> is just the nice so everything <laughs> every, <laughs> Billy
1: Zane's the every alien every James Queen. Cameron film <laughs> since Aliens has been a remake of Aliens <laughs> fucking Avatar was a shit remake of Aliens <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, day uh,
0: uh, with uh, so just very quickly on mm-hmm. the Stallone Joe so It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I actually quite <clears throat> like some of the production elements. The ABC yeah. Warrior Robots, whatever. I thought that scene where the guy gets fucking his arms ripped off, and it's got Armada Santa in it. So you mm-hmm. know, which is great to always see him going full fucking psycho, like. Yeah, I'm just going to run around now. I'm mm. cloning that. Fuck everyone else. I
1: actually kind of thought as well if you if you want to compare the sort of the looks of the films to the look or the various looks the comic has had, but it's, it's, a, it's a very British comic. It's got a very British art style. Yeah, and um, I think the That's Robocop, movie, isn't it? yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think the Stallone movie, oddly enough, gets the look a bit closer it to does. what was in the two uniforms, as well, in particular at that time, um, even uni- though I think. For a live action production, the Carl Urban film does it better, yeah. so it's better. It's a better adaptation, a better interpretation of what Mega City One is. But if you want to talk it's about, offense, exactly. right. if you want to talk about authenticity, the Stallone movie actually gets it right in, in yeah. terms of its uh, its visuals. But um, it's interesting, though. I'd would love to see. Uh, there's often a rumor um, about, and it's it's never uh, never anywhere near being true. But um, there's often uh, a rumor and a desire for like someone like Netflix to pick up Judge Dredd as a series. I think that would be
2: fucking incredible.
0: And they would lever the fucking cash into it as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. it would like, open like Narcos. They have Mega City One in full. Have All this magnificent!
2: Magnificent! Like, they mate Yeah. Exactly. Put together.
1: Really, it's really well good, like, you know, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the you know, on the subject of uh, is it a remake or isn't it? I mean, I mean, I would argue that. <laughs> Independence Day is basically War of the Worlds. No, but that's an adaptation. That's an adaptation. That's not yeah. a fucking remake, is but it? As far as you know, but but you but it's uh, it's drawing on the same ideas and the same wellspring again as uh, as the fifties kind of War of the Worlds movie. It's taking that story, adapting it for the contemporary era. Um, so it's, it's like all the same ideas essentially reimagined for uh, for a new property. I mean, Just more.
0: I don't love ideas. it. But I do, I do like that about it. It's one yeah. of those, you know, it, it seems very obvious to be like, oh, it's just a remake of, of War of the Worlds. Mm. or an, sorry, an adaptation. But when you're a kid, like I was, seeing it in the cinema often, like, you know, I was like 11 or 12 years old, is that mm. not, you know, when you give a shit about, you know, fucking War of the Worlds or what Richard Burton's fucking been up to, <laughs> you're like, man, this has just got Will Smith in it and it's got these cool aliens. Mm. I'll tell you one thing before we get off the... Uh, um, off the subject of remakes is that we, we've talked a lot about what is and isn't a remake. One of my, uh, I would say it's one of my favourite movies, one of the most interesting movies I think I've seen in a long, long time is American Gigolo, mm-hmm. uh, which we talk about in the 80s. Fuck me. The movie that kicked off the 1980s directed by Paul fucking Schrader okay. like, uh, and it starts with it's got a Giorgio Moroder soundtrack mm-hmm. and it starts with uh, Richard Gere head-to-toe Armani in a black convertible Mercedes driving along to call me and the rest of the like <laughs> some of the refrains and stuff in the score is just like the <laughs> The main part of Call Me, but rendered in a different... <laughs> it's just like... There's loads of synth. Yeah, loads yeah. of synth stuff. Like, But it's really like, in, in the remake stuff, I think Schrader's talked about how we watched Pickpocket, I think, by Bresson, and mm-hmm. he really wanted to update that for America. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you Like, the ending's quite ambiguous. You know, it's just stuff happens, and then there's... Mm-hmm. it's People get away with stuff. What do they? It, Who fucking it's, knows?
1: It's quite mad, like... You can imagine that film being, being like the quintessential, the, 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 the film that kicked off the 80s essentially. It's like, how much of that budget just went straight to Pablo Escobar? Well, uh, I mean, I,
0: I wouldn't like to say. Where's
1: the statute <laughs> of limitations <maybe>? on so, uh, <laughs> these sort of things? But I mean, we can speculate. We can. Uh,
0: well, I mean.
1: 75%. <laughs> uh,
0: well, Schrader's is an interesting director. He's a brilliant writer and also a very um, interesting man. And by that, I mean. I mean, anyway, powerful, Escobar, yeah. I well, know. I mean, that you know, someone sent me a, uh, he, a shot yeah. of uh, you know the fa- very famous Escobar mugshot. Was, you, was yeah. it you photoshopped into it? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite yet, but the pie does start. That yeah. <laughs> this, but he, um, yeah. And I was just, I was struck by how good he looked in it. And I was like, man, he looks fucking brilliant. Because like, you've got this idea is this very portly, yeah, you know, uh, like stupid hair, like, yeah. like 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 he's got his. Big perm, kind yeah, of side part, just a sort of old shirted cunt. Yeah, um, and then there he is, grinning like a fucking male yeah, model. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. you know, a very seventies man. You were watching like. Narcos, right? Yeah, yeah
1: we're going to probably talk about this later, but you know that 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 scene where he gets that photo taken. Yeah, because he's basically taking the piss in a police station, and they're like, "This photo would come back to haunt him." Yeah. but you know, and then it's it's not referenced for fucking episode after episode so so until he wants to become the president yeah. of yeah,
0: yeah, It's yeah, like, yeah, mate, exactly. isn't that you? Boys, yeah, yeah, yeah. get your guns out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, every time me and Brent have a conversation,
0: it gets onto Pablo Escobar. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Well, let's let's oh, stop there before great, we but... get assassinated. We'll the next question. <laughs> when, this is a good one as well. It's from Kieran HD, and it is: Do you consider somebody telling you there's a huge twist? Um, in a film to be a spoiler for that film mm. now this is where we get into kind of what is spoiler territory and spoiler spoiler territory has gone mad recently mm. because, and I think it's what's I think the internet as it has with most things has infected this where there are now two entrenched positions and no real middle ground
2: <laughs> like isn't everything it? like everything that is the internet for S- stuff yeah
0: so there are people who consider uh, like zero tolerance like they don't want to know the name of a Zelda game, I think. Someone tweeted the name, or put it on NeoGAF, of the new Zelda game, and they're like that is a spoiler. And then there are the I don't uh, think
2: titles are spoilers. That's yeah, it quite comment. And then fun. there are
0: well, we're going to go. on Jim's going to explain that in a bit. But yeah. then we we've got the guys who uh, wake up on like Monday morning or whatever and go, oh, I can't believe fucking that happened in Game of Thrones. Oh come on, lads, uh, come on, hey hey, fuck
1: off. Uh, that's it's happened to me twice, and it's that's it, your fault, It's, 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 it's incredible It is incredibly irritating. But I mean, there's a, there's a, there is this kind of duality to it where it's just like they've been an Asshole, but you've been an idiot so yeah you know i mean but at the same time it's like you know you telling somebody you need to avoid spoilers by not going on the internet is kind of like saying like you need to avoid hot dog stands so don't walk down the street it's like, <laughs> but there's on, also my, a time frame
2: know? for this isn't there like if, if if someone puts a spoiler on for an episode that goes out that night yeah then you're just Very, being a dick oh. If, if you give away you know the twist in um, yeah. Sixth Sense, it's like well that was released quite a while mm. ago. Like everybody knows that. The, now. The,
1: the the two times the Game of Thrones spoilers have happened to me they were spoiled by people who weren't even watching the show who were just commenting on the it was like drive by spoilers people who weren't even invested and it was well before um, you could have possibly watched it in this country unless you'd have stayed until up until like four in the morning and watched it illegally uh, before you know you went to work like you, you would have had to have been like I'm talking I was on a train at like half eight in the morning kind of like you you can't you can't reasonably expect people to to not sort of you know check their twitters and stuff did
2: you call him out on it
1: yeah i did um there there was there was one like it was a massive moment in Game of Thrones where for the at least like the first few years everyone was just waiting for. And then it happened, and I found out about it happening, like, the morning, um, you know, the morning after it had aired in the US, and people were talking about it. And I was like, why the fuck did you, do- like, why did you blurt that out? What possible reason could you have for saying that out loud, unguarded? Like, you don't have to be a cunt about it, you know? And I-, I think some people take spoiler culture way too far, but at the same time, like, there's a bit of common sense and a bit of fucking like, decency. There just, is a middle ground. There, you things. just don't be a cock.
0: Like, but, in the old days, know. we were talking about this before, in the old days, there was, a, there was only really like a few ways that stuff could get spoiled for you. Yeah, like yeah. you, say when you were 15 or something, mm-hmm. the only way it could get spoiled is if you read Empire
2: mm-hmm.
0: and there was something in there, you're... Older brother or your mate's older brother had seen something in the cinema, came back, and because he was your mate's older brother and by de- by default a cock, <laughs> just decided that he was going to tell you and just just to be a dick, or you know just you know there were very few ways we'd hear it in the schoolyard or whatever. But mm-hmm. now now there are so many ways. It's, it really is like you can like you were saying Dave when you push notifications on your phone so like Android Android, not like And you've all got fucking smashed again I
2: avoided the game the whole weekend and then got a beep beep Um, update it's like you shit house which made it worse back in the day when someone
0: actually did do some uh, some big spoilers so Games TM got into a lot of trouble because they put the ending of uh, Knights of the old Republic into its review. There's apparently a screenshot of the big twist there, wow. and uh, Games Master I believe ruined the big twist in the middle of Resident Evil Code Veronica on Dreamcast by showing a picture of uh, Wesker and the uh, like the the faux Spencer Mansion that had been built uh, in the grounds of that Antarctic base, which was a real dick thing to do, seeing as the whole game is built around that twist. And I th- and I think one of the things with twists and spoilers is that. With spoilers and spoiler culture, if your film is good enough to survive mm. the twist being ruined, then it is a then it's probably absolutely you you
2: can watch, you know, Fight Club and the usual suspects again and they hold up time and time again, but it is still immensely enjoyable to have that first experience of seeing that film fresh without knowing what's coming. Yeah. So I, I would actually say yes, it is a, a spoiler for someone to go, oh there's a huge twist in this film. Because um, then you 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 approach it in a different way, but then I guess a lot of films do that because it it gets bums on seats and it is a you know so what was the marketing thing, Jim, at the end of the day?
0: Mm-hmm. You were saying that someone had had spoken to you, or you heard <laughs> someone about about Blair Witch. Oh yeah, which um, this made me this made me laugh, and then it made me go to uh, a <laughs> shop and get license for a shotgun. Oh, one,
1: one of my friends. Um, Blessing back in Edinburgh, who is uh, is a very lovely man, but he um, he's very into his films, particularly his horror films. And um, so the, the new Blair Witch film was, uh, I, I believe, it was initially marketed as The Woods, not as a Blair Witch film. And it wasn't until like the first screening or press screening, maybe I'm not entirely sure in the details, it was revealed to be a Blair Witch movie. And then when those people came out of the theater, all the kind of post and everything in the foyer had been changed from the woods to Blair Witch, mm. so it was like this big kind of
0: social media. Which you came out for a piss might have been quite confusing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Just everyone taking the.
2: <laughs> Wait, hang on, mate. <laughs> Which I never do in films, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I make sure I go right before I get in there. Yeah, the I've got mate. Charles. I'd rather my bladder exploded. Mate, that's than why the you always film. go for
1: the large drink, innit? So you can you finish that off and then just uh, use it. You <laughs> <that's> <laughs> fucking. <laughs> um, so Scotland, I mean. Well, I used to work in cinemas in Scotland, mate. Fucking worse things than that. <laughs> um, so the amount, honestly, the amount of times I had to like interrupt a blowjob to throw people out and say, <laughs> well, what, you're what right
2: yours?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you ran into that one. Give me a minute. <laughs> I was gesturing, holding a cock to my face there, for, uh, uh, just just for the, those at home. Um, no, but. Um, but yeah, so so he found out about this. He's a massive horror fan, and so he would have gone to see the woods anyway. He was aware of it anyway, but you know, most of the planet wasn't because most people aren't that into horror, so it would have been a niche film otherwise. And he was upset that they'd they'd spoiled the 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 twist essentially the twist in his mind being that it's a Blair Witch movie and it's like it would have been that's cool.
0: a marketing twist yeah not a plot twist yeah. Yeah. it would have been cool <laughs> to kind of and I I know why people get really hit up on it because they they want to feel like they belong to a thing and I'm not if yeah. I went to like if I was at Cannes or I was at any you know Sundance or whatever and I, I just went in to see the screening of a movie called The Woods and then in the trailer for Blair Witch is the bit where they you know they see all the little sticks of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Oh man, this is like a stealth Blair Witch movie. That's very fucking cool." But mm. it would never stop me from seeing if I really wanted to. It would never put me off. It would just—it would just be a nice little thing. Mm. You know, it's just—I don't—I don't think that's a problem. It'd be a problem with a movie like Best Loved Plans mm. uh, with. Uh, uh with Reese Witherspoon, uh, Alessandro Nevada, and uh, Josh Brolin, because that has a very big twist and a twist that makes sense in the movie, so you can watch it again afterwards, and it's a really good one mm-hmm. and uh, but it's not just a oh, he's dead, it's like a proper when you when you count back through the movie,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: the cogs that have turned lead there, it doesn't just happen, so going back through it, it is then enjoyable to see the things you didn't see before. A movie I love. And you, Dave, watched it again after Jacob's Ladder, which has a, an exceptional ending the most famous ending in history. Jacob's uh, Bobby. <laughs> it's, not, it's not his Bobby. And then you went back through it, though, didn't you? And you thought, well,
2: that kind of... No, I, I, it, it, I was actually, when we talked about that, I got confused with, um, with, with Sixth Sense. Oh, in right. Sense, in that conversation, it sounded like I was saying that, but no, a second watch of Jacob's Ladder holds up, whereas a second watch of Sixth Sense... Does not hold up whatsoever. It, yeah. it makes zero spending sense. spending the whole time going. Like, oh, this is this. Now this falls apart from second viewing. Yeah. Yeah. wait a minute. Um, and it so His wife hasn't spoke. He hasn't replied to his wife in two years, and they haven't noticed that. Bit of a you know you let yeah. you let it get away with with that because it's still a fun a fun film mm-hmm. you know Jurassic Park's one of the best films of all time you don't want to look too closely at the sheer so amount of plot start. holes in that. Start. Oh, don't this is start. The, the most important weekend of our entire thing Let's send everyone away on vacation. <laughs> it's vacation except for the for the owner, but yeah. it is the, 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 older it's older the owner. Ten out of ten. It's
0: not. It's not the, um, the
1: owner who's, who's essentially Scrooge McDuck. Big time, um, big time. So,
0: but uh, yeah, Jacob's Ladder. I, I mean, think. that was
1: originally conceived as a Scrooge McDuck. As, as <laughs> was it? Is, is that, that a remake? Yeah. Don't know about I mean, Jurassic Don't Heart, no. 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 It was meant to be. It was meant to be Ducktales. Uh, it, it was meant to be. So you know that you know Spielberg You're was involved. are talking shit. No, you know Spielberg was involved with Land Before Time. Yeah. It was meant to be a yeah. Crossover. What he
0: looked at the poster, and went yeah, fuck it. No, it
1: was meant to be a crossover between Ducktales and You're Land talking Before Time. I swear, the biggest load of the uh, this is for the ever that's why. Get the fuck That's out. why, <laughs> like, like the old man, is walking around with a cane, and he's like, ah, oh, got all the fucking money." Um, this, and he does dive into this, that yeah, pool of coins
0: exactly and one, point. Yeah, as well, one of them can he, yeah. fly Deletes a plane a and then he, <laughs> ha- then he has a, a moment where he sits across a like a, a big table and discusses uh, how like man and chaos mm-hmm. theory and um, yeah as Scrooge often did yeah, when he wasn't recovering no, from neck surgery I'm seeing
1: the, con- the concept was a set you know yeah it was,
2: okay mate I played DuckTales on Game Boy this week and it's really <laughs> fucking hard like,
0: hold on what, what the fuck are you talking about Although, is that why nothing's got done because you're like <laughs> oh the trains are fucked Seeing at yeah. home wanking and playing Game Boy <laughs> I am obviously talking shit but
1: um I did read once and I I I believe there is something to this I'm sure I read once that land before time was developed from the um one of the original ideas for Jurassic Park which was that it was uh, uh it was what the, the film idea that Jurassic Park as an adaptation of the book would eventually turn into. But Spielberg wanted to do a film that was just without dialogue and was just about dinosaurs cutting about in the past. And he wanted to tell a story about... So it's in his Gaddafi phase. He wanted to tell a story about migration of, of, of you know, of the, those going through a mi- migration. Oh, Again, no dialogue, just, you know, a, a film with uh, prehistoric animals, so, you know, millions of years before any people existed and uh, and that's, that's eventually what Land Before Time would have been spun out from. Listen,
0: shush. Right, um, so um, next I'm, question. I, I,
1: I might have dreamt that but I'm sure there's something <laughs> yeah, to yeah, it. I think that's
0: a false memory. So Mr. Chris asks, since loads of movies are getting TV adaptations, which film would you actually like to see adapted? So, Taken uh, has got, it's, uh, it's got a show uh, coming, series uh, Training Day with Bill Paxton in the Denzel role. Mm. Wow. Uh, it's a lethal, lethal weapon, weapon. tell tally, the tally audition. Oh, yeah, fucking sure, terrible. Which, I mean, uh, the man Damon wins in the. In I believe the so. In the man who plays Riggs in this, I don't know his name. He uh, like he's a handsome dude. Hmm. But the thing about why Mel Gibson was so perfect as, uh, Martin Riggs was that basically any way you could describe Mel Gibson apart from the Vietnam War thing is, uh, sorry, Riggs is the same for Mel Gibson. So he's like. An extremely attractive, charming, unhinged man who suddenly just does whatever he wants. You like? So who yeah, am I yeah. talking about there? Which, which it, one of those?
1: I mean, there was pro- there's probably a treatment knocking about somewhere for like Lethal Weapon Six, where it turns out he's a massive racist, or I don't know. I,
0: don't uh, know. I think we'll be kind of uh, cutting sure. it. Um,
1: but yeah, so this I'm is not a- suggesting. No, wait, I'm not suggesting anything with that. Uh, it was it was just a, an off key job. Um, uh, so, you, although the lethal weapon is an interesting one too, it, it's Damon Wayne's in the Danny Glover role. I mean, yes, I, I, was, I think so. I think it's one of the Wayne's is brothers, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, like, me, me and uh, me and Richie once um, uh, did an all nighter watching Lost um, and eating chicken, which is how often how we came up with ideas because like the next morning you'd be absolutely like sleep addled and fucked. And your brain would just your neurons would just fire in all directions mm-hmm. and sometimes there would be an idea that's stuck. And yeah, you know. So you're trying to so tell us you're I mean, doing a lot of drugs. Not, honestly, <laughs> I, I swear we were to God, chicken. I, I yeah. swear to God, all it was is lack of sleep, watching Lost and Eating Chicken, and it seemed to have the same effect as like doing an all-nighter on fucking gak or whatever. <laughs> but um but we we, we had this idea for doing uh, a sitcom set in Glasgow called Damon's Wains, and it was about <laughs> <laughs> it was about Damon Waynes having to move his family to Glasgow. And that was the sitcom. That was the idea. So it was just like, what if what if the Wayans family just had to move to Glasgow, and uh, and it was about them sort of you know um, getting used to life in uh, cutting in, about in, the Eltonix tea yeah, cake factory exactly in, in Scotland's uh, <laughs> premier metropolis, and uh, and it was always, it was all to serve the pun Damon's. Yeah, Wayans.
0: absolutely. Um, you've, um, you've completely completely. Should we should we actually ask this question? <laughs> so uh, my one, uh, of course, would be American Psycho now. America Psycho, the uh, 2000... Guilherme um, Turner, Mary Harren film is now so so tied up with its star that it feels... Yeah, he, I
2: mean, you could barely you know, cast someone better for that role. No, and they, they, there have been other
0: adaptations, but I'm always looking at those guys going... Hmm. And the thing with Christian Bale is, is that, yeah, he had like the teeth and he had the body, and but and he's a very good-looking man, but there's something that he doesn't just look like a catalogue model. He doesn't just, you know, he just there's like something interesting danger
2: and, uh, about. He also yeah. he looks
0: innocent. Which <coughs> is the joke in the book, the joke in the book is it's the boy next door, which is why no one believes. You know that a lot of these murders, if they did happen, mm-hmm. which is still up for interpretation, uh, but he has this. There are moments in it, especially mm-hmm. with Jean, uh, where he does. He comes across as a normal person, and he has this kind of faintly bemused look to him in a lot of the scenes where things are happening <laughs> for of his and others' volition, and he's just like. Kind of enjoying it, but can't quite believe himself that it's happening. And Christian Bale brings that boyish kind of look hmm. to it, while still being incredibly good looking. So Tom Cruise uh, was one of the people that probably would have been in it if it had been made in like any earlier. Leonardo hmm. DiCap- DiCaprio was going to be in it when Oliver Stone. Was directing it, and you just can't imagine DiCaprio in that role because even he, he, maybe now, maybe as he got older, but mm. definitely in two thousand, he just looked
2: no, he's too too sweet looking as opposed to. Mm-hmm.
0: But one of the things about the novel American Psycho is that the, the the film doesn't really articulate is how just how slowly he unravels, and obviously it's because it's completely different, and they were absolutely right to make it the way they did. But what I would like to see if it's a TV show is over the course of the book, which is about a year, year and a half, is that he just goes completely to pot and that's, you know, chapters... So
2: you want a Breaking Bad approach to... Um, yeah,
0: chapters start in the middle an and end cycle. abruptly. They make no sense, there's yeah. run-on sentences for entire pages. And I think they did an amazing job adapting it. I don't. I think that you could never adapt a lot of what's in
2: that book. Oh god! It's, it's when I read that book, I thought this is the most unfilmable book I've ever read. Yeah. So to get anything out of it is mm. really but I, skillful.
0: <laughs> but I would like to see that that kind of that approach in in a series. But I do think it's like Brando in The Godfather. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that when you reread that book, you are seeing Christian Bale. You are, you are hearing Bale's voice as the narrator. Maybe it's different for other people who. So I saw a bit of the movie and I was like, oh, okay. And then I read the book, so suddenly it was like looking into it or whatever. And so I read it without Christian Bale's thing, but now it's there. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, a good one that you were talking about, Dave, is
2: The Good Shepherd. Yeah, absolutely. I, I watched that film um, quite recently and it just. It just felt simultaneously too long and too short because they had so many story strands and like just massive ideas that were were crammed into it. So it runs at like almost three times. hours. I was, I was, yeah. yeah. As soon as somebody said it runs at,
1: it, this is games journalism. Yeah. brain just hasn't switched off yet. Sorry, <laughs> carry on. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's
2: a bit. Oh, it's a bit bloated as a feature film. They should have kind of stripped a few of those elements away. But for. A TV series—it'd be brilliant because the the, the things that yeah. they're investigating are such huge topics that you mm-hmm. could run season after season of uh, looking at those at those things and investigating them. Um, and, and I think that would work would work brilliantly in a, over a, a yeah. you know a long series, taking each. You've round. just
1: got more time in television to 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 build characters as well, to build relationships, to to get the audience invested. I think I don't think I've ever really. I mean, I've often thought, actually, with films, even films I really enjoy, that um, I don't really feel like attached to something that lasts for two hours as much as I do something that lasts years. You know, like you know, you get by the end together. of Breaking
0: Bad, you were like, yeah. exactly. Do you feel you- You've been alone for You've
1: that. you so much time into that yeah. story, and there's a, a different rhythm as well. Songs. Because yeah. if
2: you look, if you look at a film and it says it's five hours, you'd be like, "No fucking way!" am i yeah, watching that, exactly. you would sit down yeah, and somehow know. watch you, eight you hours know. of TV. <laughs> you happily watch five hours it. of television because yeah. it's,
1: it's that bite size It's more yeah, digestible, yeah. but it's it's you, you, it's yeah. That is weird, that isn't it? Because you can happily tan a whole box set, but like Ben Hur
0: feels really, really different. Yeah, but that's I. mean, that's mainly because the rhythm of the storytelling and just with Breaking Bad I only just finished it recently uh, so I'm that guy Uh, but it was the the TV show that I thought was closest in not really in form but in in feeling and in style and in aesthetic in a lot of ways to a television adaptation of The Godfather so in terms of getting attached to characters like yeah, they had maybe nine hours or something across three movies to, to make you feel something for Michael Corleone. Mm-hmm. But they also made you feel something about uh, Don Corleone, Vito yeah. Corleone. And I think Pete, even though he is a monster, mm-hmm. that when he dies, people are sad mm-hmm. because you... you because the performance is so good, the writing is so good, the rhythm is so good that you're like, oh, you know, he is, he is, he's playing with his grandchild when he dies. Yeah, it's like, yeah. that's not something... It's, that... it's
1: a bit like Chancellor Guerrero in Deep Space Nine. And we're not so getting <laughs> on <to, laughs> We'll get on to that in a moment. Exactly. But with oh, Bre- shit, that's a spoiler. We're Breaking sure Bad... 20
0: years old, lads, it's all right. right. <laughs> we're Breaking Bad, what, you know, people... I came to it late. I watched that first season, that first season not as long as the other ones, and, you know, it appeared on Channel 5 or whatever, and I was like, oh, okay. But a really great hook... But then as those seasons went on, and this is not new news to anyone who's seen it, is that there is a very Michael Corleone uh, thing about Walter and it is essentially about uh, paving the road to hell. Mm. And that's what the, sh- the show yeah, and that film it's is just about. just
2: death by a thousand little paper yeah. cuts of just mm. making a little compromise here, another one here, yeah. and then suddenly you set yourself onto a path yeah. that you suddenly can't get off. Mm. And
0: yeah, I thought it was just... Yeah, absolutely amazing in that regard. And again, a lot of it's the casting. So I think Narcos is really well casted, for example. Oh, I really like um, brilliant
1: cast, yeah. uh,
0: the, the main dude. Uh the American dude was his mm-hmm. name, Boyd, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh his, I like his mustache. Yeah, grey mustache. His wife is incredibly well uh well cast. Yeah. Uh, like she it would have been a, it would have been very easy to be like, oh well she's just the kind of I know some of it's based in history, but it'd be like, oh it's you know, it'd be easy to have like a, a Ditzy blonde who is out there and is just like causing trouble for him. But she, mm. you know, gives as good as she gets mm. in uh, in that regard, and I think yeah, she's incredibly well cast. And I, I also think that is it um the, the police colonel who ends up taking uh, Escobar on and calls him directly in one of the episodes and says he knows where his mum and fat kid is, which is the most direct threat you could ever make, really. And, like, he's got this incredible steely intensity where he's just, like, torturing, he's waterboarding people, he's torturing people, he's throwing hot cups of coffee in people's faces, you he's like, is this, like, who, who's the baddie here, like... I mean, Pablo's playing golf now. He's throwing hot cups yeah. of coffee in people's face. Yeah. He yeah. will be later, yeah. but that's not and now. That's
1: one of the, one of the, the great things about um, Narcos is, I mean, and about a lot of shows really, Deep Space Nine included, that no. you, you really don't know who the baddies
2: are. That's more uh, interesting. It's more true to to life when mm. you get that people because no one is purely evil and no one is purely good and it's much more interesting yeah. when you see your your good characters do terrible things and yeah. your bad characters do something nice and it kind of it muddies the water and makes it a lot more interesting yeah. to watch
1: when you can see everyone's point i mean yeah that's I, the best writing yeah, when you, you can see you can't really i mean there, there's that is a there There's a wonderful original series Star Trek episode. I can't remember the fucking name of it now, but basically, there is a society uh, where um, there there are two warring cities, and they they fight the war as a computer simulation. Um, So no property gets yeah, no property gets damaged, and uh, so so basically, you get a report and like, well, uh, like this section of the city was bombed at this time, so whoever was there at the time is dead and those people have to voluntarily walk into a disintegration chamber. So there's a way of prolonging the war, war by agreement, so that is you scoring the points, but you, know, you, you, don't, you don't cause the massive destruction of property. So it's it a tactical nuclear it weapon. It doesn't cost any money. <laughs> so it's like it's a war without any kind of revolt. It's a gentleman's it's, agreement of it, war. Exactly. And <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a great thing. to so, And, and there's there this, you know, this wonderful moment where Spock's like, that's no, got a certain logic to it you know you can you can see the point mm. i'm glad you agree Spock. because like, i didn't say I fucking agreed mate yeah. i believe was the original quote <laughs> <laughs> but um but mm. yeah now that's i mean as you say that is great writing when you know something is so uh, beyond the pale but mm. you can actually y- you can see how people got there you know you can yeah. you can really think well actually actually pa- pablo escobar grew up in in let's face it, a shithole yeah. and he was well, very
0: poor. Poverty. And I think with, with Narcos, with Breaking Bad yeah. and with The Godfather, with all the good shows like that, mm. which have uh, violence, not just conflict at uh, mm-hmm. their core, is that what makes them really good is that you get, you get the Rubicon moment. So mm. you get the moment where they completely cross the line. So in The Godfather, mm. it is... So in at the end, you're talking about seeing people's point of views. In the first Godfather movie, mm-hmm. you can see Philip Tatalia's point like, you're getting too powerful. Like, and you won't yeah. allow us to use our resources. So, like, you can see the point there. You can see the rest of the five family. You can see their point. The issue is, is they didn't just... They didn't do finish the job when they went for the assassination of Don Corleone. Mm. Michael Corleone only gets yeah, fucked it's like over. the first
1: Gulf War, not it? Well, he just didn't... Uh, he didn't no, the no.
0: no. Michael Corleone's mistake is killing his brother. Yeah. Because in doing so, his brother is no threat and that's when the power, that, the moral event horizon, as I believe it's called on mm. the TV tropes. Shit. And uh, in Breaking Bad, uh, Walter like crosses it a few times. like He pops oh, yeah. out of the shops from it. Um, <laughs> but the the yeah. one is where he allows uh, Jesse's yeah. girlfriend, uh, Jennifer Jones... Just Jessica, I mean, Jessica, Jen- Jessica Jones. Jones, Jennifer Jones, someone else entirely. He allows that uh, his girlfriend to to die, to overdose in front of him, mm. and that's just the first of very many. Mm. And so, but then, but you you can kind of see his point. Like she she is going to lead Jesse into a very. Yeah. So even though it's completely and utterly wrong, if you sat down with a very Spock mind on it and went, "I need this
2: man for me and mine," and if I don't do this. That will all crumble. And in fact, tying it to the uh, TV adaptations, um, Fargo um, mm. is very much like that in the first season. You're still rooting for Martin, I um, think his character. Mm. Yeah, he's continually doing like terrible things. Yeah. Like really awful things, but yeah. you're still hoping that he just gets away with it. And that's why I think that like, Training Day as an adaptation
0: probably won't work. Training Day works as a movie because the point is it's set in a fucking day. And you get those moments where they cross over the rubicon or they make the mistake that they shouldn't have done and it's packaged so incredibly well in that movie i don't think that movie is that you know best best uh, actors like i'm not sure if it's a great performance but at the same time Train day works because it is set over the course of a day the clues in a title you know and the way that they package it all together is it? yeah mm. so yeah pretty much He gets up in the morning by the end of it everyone's dead <laughs> so uh, just just another day. Spoiler, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So that's yeah, like Pablo, Pablo Escobar's. Uh, one of the things, uh, the last one. So uh, we talked about this a lot the other day, and we'll bring up some of the same points, and not in the podcast, but just uh, amongst ourselves, was The Shining. So the Shining, uh, the Shining. Oh, if you The Shining is a movie which uh, I love, which I uh, which I saw for the first time at uni in halls on a small television, and I was like, okay, it's cool, it's interesting, I like the fucking soundtrack. But the, when it really got me was when I was seeing it projected, and it's one of the. It's a mm. fucking Kubrick movie. It needs to envelop you, and you feel like you're being pulled through the house on that fucking steady cam mm. constantly. And um, but that got like a like a two or three part adaptation by Stephen King I think because yeah, you he said prefers. Dave, that you and Stephen King are the two people yeah
2: I mean I like I like it it's a, it's a you know visually it's an absolutely stunning film it's great but I t- just feel it's missing one or two key scenes where you where you see Jack Nicholson's character unravel a bit more for me it seems to go from kind of like he seems to go straight to, to, to crazy straight away, mm. and I like um I like that obviously he's not on the scale of Breaking back because you've got so many hours to do it in but I like that little thread just being pulled and seeing someone come apart at the seams. But yeah. you, you made an interesting point about that though, didn't it? Yeah,
0: so I think it was Ebert. I'm not sure. So he's uh, one of them, whoever said it said that uh, they didn't like the casting because Jack Nicholson was Jack Nicholson in it and you know he's got that very you know that wolfish grin and you couldn't really see how he was gonna as you say go from being like a doting family man into this but I think one of the things that colors uh, The Shining retroactively makes it maybe a little bit worse for new newer viewers is that if you think about the seventies as a decade, there was no witches of Eastwick, Jack Nicholson. There was no Joker, Jack Nicholson. Hmm. There was no, you know, there was a lot of shitty and grins, Jack Nicholson. There was
1: no drill. uh, There was no drill. There was no
0: Jack Nicholson in Wolf. There was no Jack Nicholson in Mars Attacks. There's no Jack Nicholson being Jack Nicholson. There was, before that, there was uh, Easy Rider. There was,
2: which is a brilliant film. Yeah.
0: (laughs) There was five easy pieces and and there anyone. was the last detail. That's a hell of a story, <laughs> And where he, and yeah, like the character Jack Nicholson, sorry, the, you know, the the star Jack Nicholson mm. played into a lot of that because that's what made him so famous. But there's Cuckoo's Nest Jack Nicholson, right? But in 1980, there wasn't any of that real pantomime villain stuff. Really, like there was a lot of just very damaged young ish men who, for whatever reasons, were railing against their class, or you know their upbringing, or had you know various problems of sorts, and that was his thing. In the, all those movies, he he goes against the thing which he's been bequeathed. So in the last detail, he's got to escort Randy Quaid, I think, to uh, like a naval prison for something, and in the end, they just take him out on the booze because they're like we're not sending into jail without the, you know this and it ha- was a great move by Hashby and you think of Five Easy Pieces like he's a, a pianist and he's really that's the five easy, a what? a pianist <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: um,
0: who you know the Five Easy Pieces the title is the you know, the pieces uh, so yeah. and all of that and of course Chinatown Cook's Nest they don't need much explanation mm. there whereas in The Shining I do kind of agree with a different actor I think the one that The critic venture was maybe Ryan O'Neill. Someone who's like, who looks a bit more like a normal guy that isn't, you know. Because when Jack Nicholson smiles, you're like, there it is. There it is. Whereas Ryan O'Neill just kind of the guy from Love Story. Hmm. So I, I completely get that. But um, I do think... Uh, we,
1: you know, who else is just like a normal
0: guy? Not not you. Colin Firth. Colin Firth in, in, the, in, Shining. in the Shining. Yeah. I'd watch it. I'd watch I'd it. I'd fucking watch it. you watch it. I but, mean
1: he wouldn't he wouldn't smash the
0: door in would he He'd just, <laughs> terribly sorry lock, yeah, well you've worked with old Colin haven't you Dave so on Gambit
2: yes yeah Yeah. Fits so, on that, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: good lad is he <laughs> lovely chap yeah. yeah
0: a lot of teas and bowler <laughs> hats and that I'm yeah.
2: yeah, sure he's like that off screen yeah, yeah. as well yeah. Cameron
0: Diaz was there wasn't she Dave Cameron Diaz shut was the there. fuck up Dave technically
2: what? asked me to go to Mexico with her it's not exactly true she went I'm going to Mexico who wants to come and as far as I'm concerned that is that is an invite I, to Mexico from Cameron Diaz that's the, I don't know mate I'm it's fairly country it country that way. way and that's the way I'm going to say it I mean if
0: If I'm at a bar, I'm like, I'm going to the bar. Who wants to come? Like, I'm not going to say no. So so
2: technically, I turned down a trip to Mexico with Camin Diaz. Is that how we're gonna? Oh, wow, Dave! It just makes me an idiot.
0: Yeah, you've you've
1: completely fucked on. So yeah, I I do like this idea though of you just sort of following her to the airport and that, and eventually she's just like. Sorry, who are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aren't you the guy that keeps on, like, following
0: me around? Do you not know remember around?
2: we were squashed in half a fake car and you said, I'm going to Mexico? Well, I took that literally. Yeah,
0: yeah, sorry, it was a line of dialogue. Oh, oh, great. So yeah, the last question, also a great one, is about trailers, and this is by Tom Waton, and it is, what is the best trailer Worst film. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh. I mean, there's so many. And I love the trailers. Way. There's so many I great for trailers. trailers for
2: shit films. Yeah,
0: but I'm talking about all time mm. fucking stinkers here. I'm not talking about Lethal Weapon 4, mm.
2: okay? You know? But I, I wouldn't say the Matrix Reloaded is necessarily that much of a. When was the last time you saw it? Matrix yeah. Reloaded. I think I've seen it. It's an all-time yeah. stinker. I'm just kind of refusing to believe, because the first one is so so yeah. good. Classic like, shit film. It must a be something in isn't it. Isn't it? But yeah, but we should have answered just,
0: that in the last
2: one. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a scene that a great scene in a bad film is the motorway. Mm. Oh, the, oh man, so so
0: bit Sounds like
1: that one. No motorway. no. And it got It's got Bros in it, isn't <laughs> it? The the Bros twins. Don't they play the the dreadlock villains? I don't
0: think it is them. Isn't it them? Are you getting confused with Blade 2? might be yeah Are you sure it's not Luke Goss is in that I is
1: know. it not the Bross people no Fucking sure. I it, don't think it? it is fucking sure it All right, is alright we'll
0: look into it stop right. being a twat right <laughs> so yeah uh, so someone on the, in the list of answers has got yeah. toys fucking leave this outfit and then you won't have an editor you can't
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um. <laughs> hello is that is that my good friend John Young <laughs> <laughs> who's, uh, who's also done editing work for Mario you know? yeah pop in mate we've got, we've got a job for you
1: yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough.
0: <laughs> Prometheus, that's one I mean that
1: is the, it? Burns likes to go on about.
0: Oh, I, Every time I'm reminded of Prometheus, I get really angry.
2: I'd, it's probably the most, maybe the most disappointed, or second most disappointed I've been in a film from build-up to actually seeing it, and then going like, oh, that was not what I wanted at all. The other one being the film Dune, which is... His film what? Dune? Dune? Yeah, everyone always has trouble when Dune. I say this. Dune. 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 Um, anyway. I'm, uh, gonna, I'm worried about saying that now. Dune. June. Yeah, Dune. that one. D U N E. Frank Herbert's yes, Frank famous Herbert. novel adapted by uh, David Lee. Adapted by one of my favourite directors of all time, and I fin- yeah, I yeah. had it there, and I was like, I'm not watching it until I've read the book. And I finished the book, and then I put the DVD straight on, and I watched two and a half hours of it, and then went, I have no fucking idea what just happened in that film, and i would <laughs> literally <laughs> just finished like, the book.
1: One of the greatest, like quite a visionary director. One of the one of the greatest of his generation, and, uh, and Strong and Hair and Game he as well. Utterly fucked it. Uh, well, Dino so, De
2: Laurentiis. And, uh, it's all, it's all, you know. I mean, he is one of my favourite filmmakers. I love practically everything he's he, ever put his hand to. But that is he, he, well, he fucked it I so much. Anyone, as
1: well. He's, he didn't want anyone to know he'd put his hand to it, did he? Um, it was an. He's also movie, a
2: fantastic um, film, Judd yeah. Dune, which is where he. He puts together this absolutely mad pitch to make to make the film and gets on all these in, incredible artists and get um, Mick Jagger and everyone he has got this, like and um, these incredible diagrams of then this, yeah. gigas involved and that who then of course goes on to do Alien and you actually there's there's like a book that he made as a pitch essentially, which if you look at it and then look at the science fiction films that come after it, it's essentially a how-to guide for mm. all that you get, you get those the aliens the Geiger Aliens from that. You'll yeah, we'll also yeah. get. Um, I think there's some Blade Runner stuff that spun off from it, and it's really fascinating. A really good documentary and worth. And he's also they interview him years later after David Lynch has done it. He goes and he got it, and I can't believe it. He's one of my favorite filmmakers, and he did it. And then there's a pause, and he just goes, and it was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> But
0: that yeah i think with prometheus when i first heard that it was going to happen it was going to be an alien prequel short predominantly in 3d ridley scott's junior yeah i was going to be like no i, I said uh, it's going to be shite then some of the stuff started to roll in some production stuff and there's one thing you can't knock on it is the production design. oh god it
2: looks incredible the look the of the set, it, the cinematography all look the brilliant. sound of it and then, so where I
0: start to get really excited, and this is the trailer stuff, is where it, it start. Uh, the international trailer, where you see Fifield's helmet, uh, where the black goo gets splashed onto it, and it melts and, like, sticks to his skull, and he's screaming when he opens his mouth. It's harrowing. And I was like, oh, this is what an alien, even if there's no direct alien in it, which it kind of was at the end, this is what it should feel like, mad kind of body horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was incredible and it also reused that you know kind of like siren horn noise from the original trailer for alien Mm. which i would say the trailer for the original alien is is pretty much the start or near the start of the uh, of modern trailer culture before it used to just be the film on fast forward for like four Mm. or five minutes the the trailer for apocalypse now is unreal you're like what star wars or was the one that you were saying, Jim? That's just Charlton Heston just laughing at <laughs> a variety <of> location. <laughs> the,
1: the the trailer for Planet of the Apes is a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> I yeah. swear to fuck, it is Charlton Heston like on set going, "Hello," uh,
0: you know, which works for Hitchcock with
1: uh, yeah, and I the the, those ones, yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. But it is, I, I
2: hate modern day trailers though. I hate um, being essentially told everything that's going to happen in the movie. Yeah. You're giving it all straight away, and it's just yeah. I actually avoid them as much as humanly possible.
0: Yeah, I watched the trailer for Don't Breathe the other day. Having really been suckered by the uh, by the yeah. the concept, like a, you know the inversion of that home invasion genre that people really like. Yeah. And then uh, someone, their Guardian film critic had said that don't let don't anyone spoil the ending. I'm like, okay, no more reviews. I'm just going to watch the trailer, then maybe go and see it. And there it is. Right there and then. And you're like, this movie lives and dies on the fact that there's no, apparently there's very little dialogue in the movie. Mm. And it lives and dies on the fact that you'll have to unravel the things, the tricks and traps of this guy's house. And, uh, and he's a blind man. This is the thing. So you break into a blind man's house and then the moral imperative switches. So it's pretty bad trying to steal from a blind man. Mm. You know, that's... But then you break into his house and you're like, oh good, right. It's gone very hostile in here, yeah. apparently. And so... Um, and, you know, with all the like locked doors and the low lighting, I don't know what the actual twist is. But, yeah, the studio, I know the studio has to get people in, but don't be a fucking dick about it. I'll tell you one thing, though, about about spoiler culture, about trailers. So people, I've been talking about this a lot, T2's trailer that gives away the game that Arnie is, in fact, a good Terminator, right? This time, he's back for good, you know? And people get really upset about that, going, they ruined it. It's like... If you watch Terminator 2 and you were over 15 years old, you would know that he is not the bad Terminator. He goes into a bar and bad to the bone starts playing. Like in, and someone said uh, on Twitter, like, in the first Terminator movie, he uses the sunglasses to hide disfigurement. And he cuts his hair to avoid being recognised by the police. Because at the start of the Terminator, he's got that floppy arnie mm. in the kind of 70s and early 80s look and he's much bigger in the original Terminator like Simon Miller really gets very upset about this but <laughs> when you watch T2 the mood is completely different do you really believe that when Rob Patrick beams in with the fucking steely skull eyes and fucking blaring he's the good guy yeah and he runs up and just fucking kills a police officer you're like he's, he's been sent that's, that's Kyle Reese too. you're like have you seen how he talks to people? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a big guy on a bike. Mm. Like, I'm going to kill everyone in this house later on. So I think that people saying that T2's marketing ruined the twist. Yeah, when he gets out of the lift and says, come on, and she, Sarah Connor, like, you know, it just melts, basically. And He says, come on, I, if you want I don't live.
1: think that was meant to be a mystery for the audience. Well,
0: Cameron says that originally it was, mm. but I just think it was one of those productions where there was no way that he... Was it Mario Kassner, Kassar, and... Um, the other guys from Carroco—they needed to sell that movie because they gave Arnie a plane, and it cost. <laughs> what a contract! $100, I so. want to be signing
2: contracts. Like so that. yeah, what did you have? F forty? What was it? You had? Uh, I didn't get
0: a Learjet, some subscription Learjet. or a G. Uh, one of the one of those. But yeah, so wonderful fucking film though. T two gets worse. T two gets worse for me uh, on repeat viewings. Oh no! Off. Not, I'm not saying it's bad, but a long time ago, you're joking. A long time ago, you Terminator two was, in my eyes, better than the original. And uh, It is. Uh, watch it again. T2 just has so... I know it's the 90s, but you're watching it now going, oh, yeah, it's got a Public Enemy t-shirt on. Oh, yeah, you know, why Why does all this... Why does Bad to the Bone play? Why does he take the sunglasses? And, like, he wears... Like, this guy saying on Twitter, it's like, in the original, he, he does it to hide disfigurement. In this one, he just does it for branding, to look cool. And you're like... Yeah, and the movie, as it goes on, is I do really, really like it, but I just think that original movie, that fucking police station scene scares the shit out of me, because Arnie's brilliant. so much and bigger looks in the frame than in T2. He's so much bigger. Or he walks in, he's got that fucking massive shotgun, and he's just holding it with one arm, and he gets shot, and just, Blows is, is and the way it's shot and that soundtrack is perfect. That kind of you know Terminator, you know, yeah. And he just he as Kari says he just does not stop. And that's the best thing about the Terminator is the ante just keeps on getting up. So he has a car crash to begin with, and then they're like, oh, we're never going to survive that. He's gone. Then he shoots up an entire police station and no one can stop him. And then he's on a motorbike and gets blown up. And you're like, oh. then he's in a truck. And then the truck fucking, uh, and he gets run over by a truck or whatever. And he gets in the truck and driving after, then he gets exploded. And then you're like, oh, it's fine now. And then he gets out of the fire as just chrome, you know, death rendered in chrome, I think James Cameron's thing was. So then you put him in a, in a crusher and he only just dies then. <laughs> like, Because he's just about, and so that the movie keeps on going up and up through the nightmare stages of, this is a bit odd. Why would there be a metallic man from the future? So no, he's definitely coming. Oh no, why am I here? It's got a, a very hazy night movie dream feel about some of it. It's really good. Terminator, on the other hand, is about listening to Guns N' Roses, having a stepdad called Todd, and using
2: a <laughs> minigun but not fucking killing anyone. Uh, well there you go. So special gun and uh, Jim Burns and Dave are now hiring because we've lost one of our staff <laughs> in week two. We don't have any stuff. <laughs>
0: so yeah so that's the end of the the podcast that's the end of the chat thanks for uh, on that note thanks for listening we'll put a call out again we we'll also say yeah so we want to explain that we are you know we're doing a production company so that's why maybe some youtube stuff is a little bit slow because it's not our main focus but we still want to do a lot of really cool stuff uh, in everything that we do so just uh, just keep an eye out yeah stingray and remember
1: if Stinger. a machine can learn the value of life Maybe and we can so too. Oh. Oh, no,
0: no. It too. It's, so bad. it's fucking brilliant. The, the thumbs up is, 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 the, is the best thing. No, oh, that is that. Before, is really before cool. we go, the thumbs up in T two is the only way that a lot of like dads can bond with their sons because men <laughs> aren't allowed to talk about feelings. It's <laughs> <laughs> like everyone's sitting there going, <gasps> yeah, "Everyone's yeah. like, yeah, that's their son. Yeah, sorry, sorry, it's a bit stuffy in there. Yeah, get <laughs> oh, <laughs> me a beer, will you, lad? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that robot, when he had that big gun, that was good, wasn't it? That was good." <laughs>
1: Anyway, I think my favourite bit in T2 just before we go is when he picks up the toddler and just looks at it and we yeah. go, what the fuck is this? Exactly, that's me. My, I mean, I, I was going to say that's, that's your attitude. Uncle <laughs> yes. bob to life, <to>, <laughs> yeah. I think, just <laughs> <gorgeous laughs> children. All right, cheers
2: for listening. Right. we'll be Thank back. Thank you very much. See you soon. Thank you Bye. for listening.
1: Bye. Bye.